Welcome to another instalment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, I'm joined by Kirill Celine, Sasha Carsenti, Asger Henrici, and Maurizio Di Pascale to discuss gaming and where it will be in five years' time. Uh, before we delve deeper into the topic, let's go around the room with some small introductions. Uh, Asger, do you want to kick us off? Yes, I can do that. My name is Asger. I am the CEO and founder of Access Studios where we make um, games, apps and websites um, and yeah we've been making this for about two and a half years now um, and we are always trying to make new games and trying to keep up with the um, industry so yeah it's nice to be here on the podcast. Brilliant, uh, Sasha? Hello, hello, um, so yeah I'm Sasha uh, I've been, I would say, in the gaming industry, I don't know, around seven, eight years, I mean, six, eight years, not really sure, not counting exactly. Uh, I've worked mainly for two companies, so Avalanche Studios and Bat Shark Studios currently for the past seven months. Um, yeah, I work as a producer or and slash or product owner, you could say. So uh, if people don't have jobs, I guess it's my fault. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's it. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, Maurizio? Hello Jordan. Hello guys. Thank you for the for the invite. So my name is Maurizio De Pascale. I'm the currently the CTO at IO Interactive, a company in Denmark making uh, primarily Hitman games, which I hope you guys have played or at least seen someone playing. And we're currently working on a James Bond game that I hope you guys will uh, will play and enjoy when uh, when it's done. It's gonna take a little bit uh, longer. Been in the game industry for uh, more than a decade. Uh, been at Ubisoft as well. Pretty much all AAA, um, and I'm a big gamer. So, yeah, thank you for having me here. Brilliant. And uh, last and certainly not least, Kirill. Hello. So, hi, I'm Kirill. Um, I've been in the industry for like around eight years. I'm the QA lead in the Koch Media, which most of the people would know by Deep Silver and probably like the newest one, the Prime Matter brand. Um, the, so, yeah, that's a bit about me. Um, Avid gamer, all about games. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, thank you, everyone. Um, I always take this opportunity as well just to apologize for how I pronounce people's names. My pronunciation is always terrible, so I do apologize to all of you. Um, but now that we've got a bit of a context for everyone, uh, let's move on to the topic. So you've all prepared a question or a statement on gaming and where it will be in five years' time. Uh, so we're going to go around the room asking everyone to pose the question and the reasons behind it. And everyone's going to have their own take on the situation and give their opinion. Uh, so let's start with Kirill. Yeah, so my question is that uh, with all the recent hardware advances, how will it affect the gaming trends and genres in the future? Will it be all VR, cloud, all mobile? So it's kind of double question, I think, because it's not only about the genres and trends, it's also like where like to what platforms are we exactly going because um we have strong uh, pc market we have strong console market we have raising uh, vr part of the market which is um hopefully be growing much more um the cloud the mobile that's um, also quite impressive how they evolved uh, in the last years so um how do you guys see it in in the possible five years <laughs> yes i i have something on on this and by the way i have to say jordan i was i was impressed by your pronunciation i don't feel like we're the groups with the easiest names 
So I just want to... <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, like I guess like I'm at least I'm not. I don't think there will be ever or ever never not in five years like you know one platform to rule them all kind of thing. And it's just to start with the platform part of it, like um, simply because I think each platform kind of has its own audience, at least like skewed towards one audience. If I just take myself, which is of course like super anecdotal and not actually like data, you know, driven, but you can see this, like, you know, if, uh, if I'm on the go, you know, like it's pretty nice if I'm traveling to have my switch or my mobile phone, but if I'm playing like a competitive FPS, because I'm obviously very good at them. <laughs> so, uh, you know, then I'm on my computer, but like a nice, like, let's say adventure, like game one player, like then I enjoy being on, you know, my couch and like on my TV and being comfortable. So I'll, I'll always think there'll be like space for different types of platform would be my, my, my first thing. Like, I think it it caters to like uh, different people and different, e even if it's not different people, different needs that they might have in gaming at, at specific points in time. In terms of like, you know, like where would it be, you know, like VR and cloud, I think cloud is probably for me the most interesting. Like, I don't know, like in the, how it's developing because I think you know, the stadia of, of them all have at least popularized the idea, uh, you know, like, the idea not necessarily like it's like hugely adopted and i think it's just like a technical boundary that we have there you know like like literally get it if we get the tech there and obviously the games if the games aren't available on the platform doesn't matter but if the take tech is there and it will be at some point like i think it will i still think that would be a huge game changer for me uh i think i think within you know maybe if it's not five years ten years like uh th that's what i personally believe the most yeah personally uh, I, I would agree on the that the cloud most probably is the one with the most uh, uh possibilities to to be the future but we'll see <laughs> we know everything <laughs> i think sasha had a, had a good point that i mean even with the advancement in in hardware and these platforms potentially converging in terms of capability I think they will still stay different because of the audience before, because of the, the way you want to consume them, the type of game that you want to consume there, right? I mean, mobile, it's really about something that you can pull out of your phone and play maybe for five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, wherever you are. And then you have the big adventure that, you know, you want to enjoy on your couch, relaxed, or, uh, or potentially even, uh, you know, lying in bed and, and stuff like that. PC, you mentioned, you know, first-person shooter, being precise with your mouse and keyboard. So I think even if, you know, one day they might all be equally powerful or, you know, at least within uh, within distance, I think the the difference in the way we want to consume them, I, I think that's that's going to that's gonna stay. I mean, I just, to add on this, like, I just want to say as well, like, I work both on mobile and, like, uh, you know, like PC and console platforms. And especially with mobile to take the undergo platforms, all you cared about or like the main thing was like day one to day three retention. Like, I mean, I think most most of like the people here with like at least working on some premium titles know that like day one retention on like, you know, a PC or console game is not nearly as powerful. Uh, like, so I, I think that shows a lot on the behavior as well of the consumer, what you look at as important. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's the business model playing there, right? Most uh, most games on consoles, uh, clearly premium, paid up front, mobile, it's completely the other end of the spectrum, right? Where most mm -hmm. people these days almost expect things to be to be free. Mm -hmm. Asgo, have you got any thoughts on that question before we move on? Yeah, I think um, I agree on the point that uh, the different platforms has different audiences. Um, 
So I don't think there will be one specific uh, VR or cloud-based in the future. I, yeah, like you said, that it will kind of be all of them, but I'm kind of um, doubting that the cloud-based is going to be something big because I we've seen a big spike in VR games recently, but I personally haven't seen the, the um, cloud games kind of prove that they can get a big audience and expand the way that they should. I think we would have seen some more from them already if they were going to be expanding that much in the next five years. So I'm on the cloud base, I'm kind of doubting those. I'm more on the VR side and thinking that's going to be the next big thing. That is actually quite good point because I have uh, a bit like completely the different vision that uh, like VVR is more uh, not that big due to the fact that you have to uh, invest so much more money into the VR set uh, that works properly and then like at least from my perspective and I think well, like a bunch of people would agree that uh anyways uh all the games you have now in vr if you compare them just to any other AAA title visually they still a bit mm, oh well um, not, not to say bad but kind of mediocre you know i understand yeah. that it's a different approach but uh it's it's just like from that side on vr it's too much expenses on the on the heads on the VR set, but then on the other side, on the cloud, you have to spend money on uh, your internet, on the subscription, on the device you you will be playing on, which whatever it is. So and like especially speaking about the cloud uh, right now, technologically, I think that's why it's not growing really that much because technologically it's not that viable for a lot like quite a big percentage of the people in general because you definitely need a really good connection and in order to have a decent like frame rate and whatsoever you know yeah. so yeah, uh, yeah it, it, it's quite a tricky situation there yeah. but couldn't vr be less expensive in the future because if you look at when vr was announced we have like the htc and playstation headsets which is incredibly expensive and they basically suck but we have the now we have the oculus quest which is not that expensive it's expensive but it's also a really good headset so i mean in the next five years i think we could see some really good vr headsets which could be less pricey than the ones that we have right right now i hope so i, I, also, I also like i think with vr obviously there's i think why I'm also a bit more on the curious side, and again, like we don't know the future, so you know, there's no no one that's right or wrong here. But for me, it is it is like generally like right now, I still I still see VR as like a peripheral to the core experience of gaming. So you know, if you like gaming, you're gonna start with a console, and if you really like gaming, you might dabble into VR because it gives you like a different experience, and that's why I personally think like. There's more people that have the internet, which is basically like how how you know like how cloud works. And the idea of Stadia, even though you know you can argue a lot of things, like it's like a cheap subscription, like Netflix, and 
almost no hardware, right? And it, that just opens up. And I think, again, for me, it's a tech problem and a, cap, a tech and catalog problem that if that can be solved, like the reach, it's just like an interest, I think is bigger. Uh, but I definitely agree with your points. Like I, I think they will get cheaper. They will get less bulky. Like another point that I had, which is at least on, on the VR is like not all of them, but some of them also require space, space that not everybody has. Uh, which is another investment uh, that, you know, cuts down while well, everybody almost has a laptop nowadays or a mobile phone. I can play many games on xCloud now, which is like, you know, on your phone and it looks great. So I, I think VR is a thing of the future. I just think it's further away, in my opinion. Like, I definitely believe in it. I just don't think it's like in five years. And But your point is totally fair on cloud. Like, we also haven't proven much there yet. So who knows? Yeah. To me, VR is, is not just another platform. It's almost like it's uh, it's also another media. I think it's uh, it's uh, it's it's pretty hard to just uh, take a, a normal console or even mobile experience and trying to bring it to to VR. Uh, and I mean, <laughs> I said it, you know, as the as the CEO of a company that actually has taken a, a large AAA game and uh, and made it playable in VR as well. And there's there's tons of challenges there, right? You mentioned that some quite often VR games don't look as sharp as the normal games. I mean, there's technical reasons. You basically need to render multiple times faster than you will normally do on a on a screen, right? Because the the the, the resolution and the FPS required to 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 trick your brain in believing what you're seeing in VR is actually much uh, much harder. So a little bit like back in the early days of mobile, people were just trying to bring you know standard or console games to mobile, and quite frequently or almost always they failed. I think VR is 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 the kind of same thing. You really want custom designed experiences. You want something that is really you know, a killer app for uh, for VR. And so far, we have had this uh, kind of vicious cycle where oh, there's no market, there's no players, so no one is really investing on the big games. But I think now with all the the buzzword and uh, and Meta investing fully on this, I think VR might finally happen in this. Uh, you know, we're talking about what 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 might happen in five years from now. I think within five years, we might actually see the the, the first few very big killer uh, killer experiences for VR that might convince people to. To get into it, and you know, as, as Sasha was saying, I I, I think it's gonna get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. So it's it's gonna co- already right now you're gonna get a very good uh, quest for uh, you know the price of a small phone pretty much, and it's probably gonna get keep getting better and uh, and cheaper in the long run. I mean, Half Life Alex is probably like a good example of at least like a VR game that was uh, very well received, and you know like so you know. I think it's it's a fair point, right? I think if it's, I mean, it all starts like video games is a hit driven business that's driven by content. So as you say, I, I agree with you, Mario. Too. It's like if if the content is right, it might be like tailored experiences. Like it's all it needs, right? Because gaming is easy. <laughs> Momentum. You mentioned Halix again. Eventually, there will be another one, and then maybe another yeah. Hitman, and then maybe another game, and then suddenly. Uh, it attracts the interest of both the players and the developers, and it it's basically reinforcing itself. That's that spark that a little bit has been missing. So we have seen few very good games designed for VR. We just need the the, the critical mass to go to go above the you know above the threshold required to to really turn on this industry. All right, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, Sasha, on to your question next. Oof. A second on the pre- like presenting myself and the question. You know, I see I see the pattern. <laughs> uh, yeah, my question. So for me, like I think you know, there's been a lot of, of like changes in how um, 
gaming is being offered to the players themselves. So I'm really thinking from a player perspective, you have like uh, the two biggest examples, I think right now is like uh, Microsoft's Game Pass that's both going on PC and Xbox. And recently, I guess Sony's answer with their new subscription model that's relatively recent, uh, you know, mixing PS Plus and their PS Now kind of service into one, one subscription model. Like, I wonder... From my side, like, I wonder how you think that's going to affect the player behaviors on how they consume media. And I'll start, I guess, with my my kind of like very rough take, again, anecdotal. Like there are so many games now, if you take Game Pass right now, especially if I take like that are available for like very little money. Like, like the catalog of Game Pass is only getting more and more impressive with their first party titles. It's literally hours of gaming for anyone who has that that subscription, which I think has never been seen before. So yeah, I wonder how, how you think it will affect player behavior and how they play games and buy games potentially as well. I can share how it's changing my personal behavior. So uh, I, I since I started getting this subscription, I've started playing a lot of tiny and smaller indie games that unfortunately I didn't, you know, I wasn't trying before, right? Uh, maybe because you didn't even know about them or just because, you know, hey, you, I'll, I'll put most of my money on the big hits and uh, and so far. But uh, since I've started using the Game Pass, I've been trying so many of these little uh, little gems uh, that quite often you, you barely hear about. And some of them are brilliant. I love the fact that some of these games don't have this huge, you know, they don't require 300 hours, which you don't have anyway, but you can have a great fun for five, 10 hours have a great experience and then jump to 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 another one so personally this uh, this has already brought this change to my gaming habits that i've gone from uh, only playing the few very big triple a titles to playing a little bit less the big triple a titles still there you know predominant <laughs> but trying out having a, having a chance to try out and uh, and complete so many of the small indie games that but completely, you know, far, far from, uh, not even on my radar before. I actually that point with the fact that um, the game passes can kind of make the indie games go up and be more exposed to users because I feel like that's one of the hard parts about being an indie game developer that you don't really have the people don't know you or know your games. So it's the hard thing to get the games out to the people. And I hope that these kind of game passes can give indie developers the chance to get their games out to the users more. Uh, from my personal view, actually, I cannot, I, since I'm like PC gamer for all my life, although yeah, all my friends have mostly PlayStations, but yeah, PC Master Race, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> of course. There's, there's Game Pass for Windows Store now, though. I know. <laughs> I was actually eyeballing that for quite some time because they had Forza there. And I was like, oh. You should yeah. give it a try. I can uh, I can uh, really, really recommend it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just like, uh, from, from that perspective, is that... Mm, I'm that, that I don't know if I was just raised up in that in that way or it's just my own personality. Um, but um, you know, it just like for me, it's always like owning the game is um, the important stuff uh, in sense that like uh, okay, let's say that there is a situation that um, in five years the subscription doesn't support whatever game you bought like let's say 10 years ago so you basically cannot play it although it's it was there in the uh, in the library like wherever in playstation plus or whatever other subscription you want to 
to have. But if it's like, let's say, I don't know, Fallout 2, for example, or something like Ultima Online whatsoever, <laughs> I don't think you will be able to run that. So that's another... Mm, Kind of apart from not owning really, not really owning the game, but uh, also the possibility of not being able to play that in in some time whenever you want to get back back to the game in several years. Um, I think that might be a no go for people like me or thinking in a similar way. So, mm, uh, and especially since we have. Steam Epic and GOG um, and all the humble sales and all, all other sales like you, you can get a lot of games for uh, pretty much what would be the subscription uh, amount and you wouldn't even play them all so right now it's um, it's I would say it's a quite similar situation as with VR and cloud because it could be the future but we are still not really there yet and personally I'm I would say that in five years, that may be, might be happening. That the subscription will be the, the actually way to go for games and um, having the the subscription on all, all the devices it supports. Interesting. I mean, I'd I'd argue at least for subscription, if you look at Game Pass, right, that we're already there to some extent. They obviously don't share the amount of subscribers that they have, right? It's it's part of like they don't exactly say those kind of things. But like if we look at like game, like they shared sometimes like how many people play like Sea of Thieves, which is basically you know like Game Pass title and other titles that are there. Like it seems like they have a lot of players already. You know, it's at least on the Microsoft ecosystem. Mm -hmm. I think the purchase of like uh, Activision Blizzard, uh, you, you know, like Bethesda, I think, and having them free, which are like huge AAA titles, I think that they are going to come day one, at least as how they've presented it yeah. right on, yeah. on the platform. I mean, I'd, I'd personally argue that we might already be there to some extent, like closer than VR, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm not saying oh. I'm right, like uh, closer than VR or cloud. I mean, some games are cloud based when you play like through the. Uh, but yeah, and I just also the other take on like uh, playing more games, like I think I would tend to agree. Like I think I, I think we'll get to like a, a place where people that have less tolerance in how much time they spend like on a game initially because they have they will have so many games at their fingertips, you know, like onboarding, I think will completely change, in my opinion, for how people like experience a game because again, like imagine you're on Game Pass, you don't like this game after 10 minutes, there's 200 other games. That you could be playing uh so i i think that for me that's going to be like a big change on how like i think we're not the best in premium games to onboard and i think we're going to have to change you know like, <laughs> like on, on how change. and the other thing is i'm not like i totally get like the distribution will be like better for like indie games like visibility you know throughout the, the program but i'm not sure it might be but i'm not sure it's a good thing for developers or publisher outside of the, the very big ones because you're kind of forcing i mean obviously you get a pay you know to get into into game pass you know there's like you get paid in these kind of things but you're kind of forced into a free-to-play model which uh you know it, it puts it makes it more difficult i think for people to to uh, like uh smaller games to really blow up you know like uh Imagine a Stardew Valley, I think, if it were like on Game Pass directly. Like, I don't know if that would be possible, you know, in the same way. And, and yeah, but interesting. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts, right? <laughs> so. But that's, that, that last point is actually quite an uh, interesting one from my perspective that uh, due to the fact that, um, like, at least I sometimes see the games that go on the Game Pass all of a sudden and they were just released like a month or two ago. And you go like, 
wait a second, this is a Game Pass? Um, why is that? Is it just because it's bad and nobody's buying it? Or is it because it went unseen? Hmm, that's tricky. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. And it's, it's an interesting one. But it could be very good because indie games are usually cheaper. So maybe they'll yeah. have like enough money to just get on Game Pass and it actually makes them survive. Like, I think it can take both ways. It's interesting. At least. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's because the game is actually good. So Microsoft yeah. wants to have them on, uh, on their, uh, their service. There's, uh, there's, the, there's, um, there's something uh, interesting to, to say about the ownership model uh, that you guys mentioned before, right? Because back in the days, we used to you know, have boxes and uh, collect music CDs, uh, video DVDs, all that kind of stuff. And now that we are pretty much all digital, you know, this concept of ownership, it's kind of, uh, you know, weakening or uh, or even disappearing. Uh, I mean, to play the devil's advocate, you can use a subscription model to to try games and then you can buy them. Uh, I mean, I've done that in the past. I remember back in the previous console generations, once you put aside a console and you know that it will not be in your living room anymore, I've, I've found myself buying that same game on Steam just to have it in the, you know, in the catalog probably never never really had a chance of playing it but just you know that sense of having it uh, having it there if i ever wanted to and and probably most of the time you never really go back to those uh, to those games anyway and i mean what what it means to own something on steam which is yet another you know probably long conversation to have but i wonder but it's you mentioned steam now as well like do you think steam will ever come out with their subscription model now <laughs> I personally don't think so, but I have no grounds to sit on. But. Like, oh, that's a good question. I think it's very, it's very hard to answer, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. I would say that, like, if, since they don't really have their platform per se, um, well, now with the release with this of the Steam Deck, we can say so. But yet again, since there is nothing solid from their side. I think it's kind of complicated for them to push for the subscription service if they want to go for it, because they already have quite some competition on GOG, Epic, and all the stores you have all around. So I would say that most probably that won't be happening anytime soon, unless they go full bonkers and just have their new Steam Super Deck Pro whatsoever. <laughs> But on ownership, I have to say, like with g games that I really like, I still like getting the box as well. I know it's terrible for the environment, but just having like the box with like the key art on it, I'm like, I know there's a lot of work that's been put into it, so I want to have it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's totally understandable, especially for uh, you know old people. <laughs> that's uh, something. Maybe the new generation that they grew up you know with everything being already digital probably they don't get this but i mean i've been growing up collecting uh you know comics and stuff like that so that's a there is a there is a, a pleasure in having a physical thing to touch and uh, potentially look at and um, and then having to take dust off of it once in a while exactly oh brilliant i thought there's there a lot of interesting points there because i i very recently upgraded my playstation plus subscription to the <laughs> extra and then the premium or whatever it is i didn't realize there was two different ones coming to be honest um but i saw the a game coming out in five days uh, indie game stray you may have seen it guys uh, it's got a lot of attention looks really really good i was very shocked when i saw that that is going to be a day one release um because i i don't personally i'm not sure how it works with day one releases and where they're going to get as, as much profit from i guess 
with it being on the subscription model. But yeah, you, you kind of went into it then, you guys. So that was really interesting. Um, I think when it's first party games, like I don't know if Stray is a first party, actually. I think it might be, but uh, or like a, an own studio. But at least for Xbox or Microsoft, I would say they're like the, the goal, as you say, like rather than revenue is getting people into their subscription model and a bit like coming back to maybe the metaverse and these kind of things we mentioned a bit earlier. I think that's the ultimate goal. Like it's not even like making revenue out of the, the games themselves, but like building like an ecosystem. Um, I think that's their ultimate ultimate goal with like putting like such big games. Like, I mean, I, I don't imagine like, again, Bethesda games are like huge budgets. Like they must be overall, it must be very risky if we take it just one game at a time versus like the whole ecosystem. At least that's my opinion. That actually leads really well into our next question. <laughs> uh, so Asga, do you want to go with your question, please? <laughs> so um, my question is about the metaverse because we... Um, the way we make games and projects is we get hired to do them and recently we've been receiving a lot of requests to make a metaverse for people um, and not that much for games anymore so my question is with a new platform for virtual reality the metaverse how will that affect the future of games how they will be bought if people are still going to play games or if they're going to move to the metaverse and kind of how this is going to be changing the standard may way of using Steam for games or PlayStation or anything like that. Can I piggyback on that okay. by actually asking what is your definition of metaverse? Because different people might actually mean yeah. differently. So it would be it would be good to hear what what you guys see in that. What you what what is that you think about when you when you hear better metaverse? I think about um yeah it's actually a good question because it's quite different. Some, yeah, I would say a VR, a VR game, multiplayer game, is probably somewhat the definition. But that can also be just a normal game. Um, yeah. Um, what 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 do you think is a is the metaverse? Um, personally, I would say actually, like at least what I got from the presentation, Meta just had um, about it. Is that more than like a gaming environment whatsoever? They want to build up some general virtual environment for pretty much everything you want to do in there. And from what I know, um, the a lot of a lot of companies are actually looking into it due to the fact that you can have a lot of educational courses there, uh, meetings, whatever, like expos. Like for example, any gaming expo, you can move move into there and like have all the presentations there have like events and stuff so um i think the like the initial meta approach was that um in terms of gaming that is a very interesting question uh in terms where they want to go because um, so far we don't really have a lot of examples uh, of vr like in i mean in in, in a different genres it's mostly um what you have like half-life alex and similar so that is a bit a bit complicated in terms that since we don't really have the audience yet that's like as we uh, said before uh, due to the fact that it that vr is kind of expensive i think that's um that's an upcoming question to see in the future right so like we will see with uh, what will people 
be demanding and what how the market will react to that yeah. so i think for me like if you say you know what, what's a you know the metaverse in gaming i think i mean there's an element of like persistence you know i think in in metaverses so that you exist outside of what the primary focus of what you're doing so if you take gaming your primary focus is gaming right but if there's a, a metaverse around let's say like you know the, whatever company that wants to do it it's it's giving that yourself as a player like now a persistence outside of that game so uh, it could be anything right it's it's all about growth i would say it's like oh well these people are spending this much time gaming maybe you know because we want to keep them the next step is that they do their shopping through us you know like they're you know whatever you know like and, and then maybe do their work you know so i think it's any element of like basically of persistence outside of what you initially started with so I think that's why Facebook, you know, well, now, which is like meta, right? They're like, well, we have gaming, we have, you know, your social media, you know, I think obviously creating like basically, you know, yourself as a persistent entity across everything. I think that's the, that's the ultimate goal of all the metaverses is that you spend your whole life in one of them. Uh, uh, we're definitely not there yet. I'm, I'm a little bit like, uh, I, I think, you know, I don't know if it's pop culture, like, you know, with all this thing, you know, Ready Player One and, you know, like, yeah. Orson Welles, you know, 19, 1984 and all those things. But I think to me, it, it has a little bit of like a, a scary connotation as soon as a company wants to like keep you outside, like even more than they already keep you of what you're doing. Uh, my initial, at least that's my take very quickly. Yeah, I've, I've been um, talking to Nike about this metaverse because they were interested in our company. And so I think that we will in the future also see big companies or stores entering the metaverse to try and expand their way of selling because uh, for a long time ago they only had physical stores now they move to web pages and I think that most of these companies are going to expand into also games and metaverse to sell through there but I don't think it's anything we're going to be seeing in the next five years. I think maybe we will see some prototypes or something in the next five years, but I don't think that it will be normal for stores to have their stores inside a metaverse. Um, I think it's people needs to get used to that. And it's probably not all generations that are going to be using that. So yeah, I think it's something for the further future than five years. I, mean, I, could, I would argue that, you know, Google already is kind of a metaverse. You know, like you could, you could, like, you know, like, uh, again, like, I'm not saying like the Ready Player One and all these kind of metaverses, right? But you, you can, like, you know, get the information that you're searching for. Imagine it's an address, and then you get to that address, and then you see, like, oh, it's a restaurant. Oh, this restaurant has these reviews, and then I'm gonna book through this. Like, I think to to me, those are all elements of like metaverses. Obviously, again, it's not like the the one in sci-fi movies yet, but. Uh, yeah, I would say like F Facebook and Google or Meta, sorry, as they're called now, I think they already have incorporated elements of, of metaverses. It it depends a little bit, I guess, to Maritza's point, like what what is it, you know, for you? Like it depends how you define it. But to me, those are, they've already started. Uh, they're just not sci-fi like. Yeah, I agree on that point. We're all defining it in a slightly different uh, way, right? Uh, yeah, agreed. Yeah. But I think right. it's scary. Like, I, 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 I just say, like, what, what I, 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 again, like, it might be pop culture. Like, 
it, it's a scary idea because ultimately the goal is to just keep you in one place doing everything. Uh, and I think that comes like, you know, it, it, it's almost like the goal is almost a totalitarian goal. Uh, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm sure they won't say it like this and they'll say no, but I have my my small brain is you know, like has a hard time like taking away that aspect of it. Uh, so I think it's slightly it, scary. It's very dystopian, right? And uh, yeah. I mean, uh, as much as I know, the term actually comes from the Snow Crash book from uh, from uh, Stevenson. And it, it was it's a very fun book, so I recommend reading it. And it, it was kind of a satire, right? It was this virtual alternative reality where you will do basically everything you know for new generation is what is described by a player really one or or even matrix right in a certain sense it's probably something very close to the metaverse and all these representations they're pretty dystopian all of them right yeah. it's a, a, a paradise on earth that humans have built it's mostly like uh, you know a hell that uh, the humans have built for themselves agreed yeah exactly <laughs> But I mean, back on the original question, sorry for detouring the conversation, Asger. So your original question was, you know, if, if this things, whatever it is, kind of, kind of comes to fruition, how it could uh, affect the, the future games? I mean, to me, again, the description or the, you know, the kind of idea of I have a metaverse, which is pretty much virtual reality on steroid and large interoperability, where you could probably, you know, play content from meta and on the same device or in the same experience, play content from Microsoft or Sony or, 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 or anything else. So it is kind of virtual reality on steroids in my, in my view. So to simplify a little bit, I see like this might be the thing that brings VR finally to fruition now that all the experiences are there and they can be consumed through a VR, uh, through a VR device. From a technical point of view, uh, in theory, especially the, I, I mean, the interoperability, interoperability, the ability of basically, uh, you know, uh, in enjoying or using content from different company, uh, even on paper might, uh, might sound simple. And even theoretically, it's not that complicated. The reality is that moving content between games is a nightmare, even for the same company, doing content that is backward compatible, it's extremely complicated. Moving even a model between Unreal or Unity sometimes is uh, painfully, painfully complicated. So there is a there's quite a challenge there, uh, even from a technical point of view, to bring this vision of the metaverse as a single unified platform that all encompasses to to reality. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember. I mean, for some of you, like that's uh, you know the game Second Life, right, which was like a, a, a big hit at the time, right, which is like. I mean, it, it, I think to me it was like almost the start because what you did in the game didn't, I mean, unless you were an addict, right? But it didn't directly impact your life, right? It was just like, it's literally just like living a life in a video game. And, you know, like that's, uh, you know, there, there's been aspects which also shows that, you know, like it has, it was a hit back then, you know? So like imagine making Second Life except it actually, like it is actually your life, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it's still around Second Life, actually. It's yeah, still it still exists. <laughs> I don't know if they have. Yeah, I remember the, the gold rush from uh, big companies to just buy their uh, their space on uh, on on Second Life. Uh, I guess most yeah. of the has gone burnt, but uh, and the platform now is mostly for uh, some niche kind of meta gaming that is still happening. But you have a you have a good point. I mean, it, uh, the the metaverse might be this super uh, cool alternative virtual reality, but it might also just become something like Second Life 2.0 or some yeah. kind of 
I shoved that concept. Brilliant, and that leads us on perfect to our final question. Uh, Maurizio? Yeah, uh, that's actually a topic that we have kind of touched uh, kind of all along uh, so far. You know, we've been talking about cloud gaming, been talking even about metaverse and VR and, and so forth. So more specifically on the on the cloud-based gaming, uh, I you know, it's something we have seen different companies trying in the in the past decade. Uh, didn't really work back then. Kind of remember on live Gaikai uh, being some very early come, you know, trying trying this concept very early on. Uh, this time around, it seems that there's a second wave, right? Uh, Stadia, Microsoft with X Cloud, uh, there's Luna from um, from Amazon and 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 few more might also be trying. Sony is also trying that stuff. So it looks like this time around, it's the big corporation that are taking a stab at it. So I'm just curious to hear, um, you know, do you do you guys think it will ever work? And uh, if it works, uh, how it will change the industry? Uh, yeah. I mean, for me, well, for me, it's the thing we're the closest to of, of what we've spoken to, in, in my opinion, like, again, like, might disagree. But I think, you know, like some it's always easy in hindsight, you know, and to say like some people have been, you know, like successful to like a varying amount. You also have, what is it, Shadow Play, the other one? And uh, no, uh, what is it called? The NVIDIA one. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's others where... Uh, you know, varying degrees of success. Um, and I do think that like the two things that need to be like, like coupled together for it to work is like a good catalog and the technology to be like reliable. Um, and I think those two are very achievable. Like I, I, I honestly don't think we're that far away. Um, I think, you know, maybe some people, you know, maybe try too early or try to put, you know, like too many things or just didn't have like everything that was working together. But as I said, now it's the big ones. And, you know, like uh, I think I think one of the big corporations is going to crack it as like something that will be successful. I don't know if it will be the biggest thing ever, but I think we're pretty close, in my opinion, to, to that. Yeah, I would I would agree on that topic that we're pretty, pretty close, although there are still a bunch of issues at this moment with the uh, with cloud gaming since uh, again the technology we're still not there yet well we're there yet but like it's not completely covered not everybody has a decent router not everybody has a decent internet connection uh, which is required for like if you want a 4k yeah come on it should be top-notch stuff and still you're not really getting the 4k in the end which is uh, <laughs> yeah disappointing um yeah that's um i i would say that most probably in five years at if it continues at the same pace as as it's been going the last what i don't know three four years uh i think it um, might be a big one because um all the internet uh new new technologies like wi-fi 6 being implemented mm, on quite a fast rate, surprisingly. Um, it, it, I would say that, yeah, we, we will be there in maybe in, even in less than five years and everybody will be just on mostly on the cloud because, of course, it's easier for everyone and you can basically play, say so, on, on a shoe <laughs> or <laughs> whatever you have instead of a PC. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I kind of agree a bit um because i think it's going to be way better in the next five years so i think it's going to be expanding and it's going to be used more but i don't think that it will take over and be the main thing to use instead of using 
what we use now downloading it so because i still see the problems with having the internet connection and you will never play it as good as if it was downloaded on your computer um so yeah i think it will it will be better it will work more smoothly and it will probably gain a lot more use but i don't think it will take over in the next five years and be the main thing to be used i don't think it's that good in it's not going to be developed that good i think i think yeah. oscar is a, a very good point but the way i i think about um cloud uh, cloud gaming is a little bit um, um you know take the wii right so when the wii came out uh, some people were looking at these things and was like what is this this is never going to replace consoles and because it wasn't meant to do that. What we did was bringing gaming to a large part of population that wasn't gaming before. I mean, I've seen very, very young kids, but also seen, uh, you know, your your grandpa and 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 elderly people playing with the Wii or uh, you know housewives doing uh, gymnastics and gym with the Wii and uh, and so forth. And I I like to think about cloud gaming a little bit in the same way. So imagine that in five years from now, every single TV that ships is actually able to receive high quality games. So maybe not as good as the ones you will play on your computer, maybe not, you know, 8K or all that kind of stuff, not the same uh, reactivity, but good enough and good enough for most people, good enough for most experience. So I think it will just broaden the audience tremendously. To the, as of today, we have something like three to 400 million players in the world. This is the total, right? If you just look at uh, console and PC gaming. And uh, mobile, of course, is already way larger than that. But imagine gaming, AAA gaming, available on every TV on this planet. And now suddenly we might be talking about, what, 2 billion, 3 billion potential players. So I think it's it's not going to replace the existing consoles and PC, as Asgis was saying. But I think it's going to broaden massively the, the audience of gamers. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that that's the, the main thing as well for me, like, cause I think as well, like, you know, you were talking about, you know, like it will never, it will not be as good as if, if you download it. And that might be true forever, you know, latency. But I think, uh, I think the audience is always like the big question, right? Which is like, who is it meant for and why? Like a lot of the games still now on cloud, like, again, I'll take, I'll take, you know, the NVIDIA one, like they work and they work quite well. Like you're never going to do like esports through, you know, like cloud game, you know, like you're not going to do like those big tournaments with latency. But I mean, imagine someone that just doesn't have, and that's, I guess, with the audience question of who you reach, right? Imagine someone that doesn't have a lot of money, you know, has like only his phone or maybe like a, a crappy laptop, uh, but internet is getting better everywhere in the world. Like you'd be surprised like what countries have the fastest internet, you know, if you just look on, on these kind of things. So it's just like getting better and better and the reach can just like be so huge and most people will be it is what it is you know most people will be casual you know it's only a subset that are like hardcore gamers so like no i need to play 4k i need to play uh, at 60 fps all the time and no latency uh, so i i kind of agree with Mario's point i think it just opens up like those doors like that are you know have been closed for a long time or or, or that have been very difficult um you know for for us to reach before internet is the best right? <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> i think in the in the long run is is kind of unavoidable uh, i mean the yeah. technology as you guys were saying the all the individual pieces are there so if you have a great connection great connectivity a close uh, data center 
you know, it, it just works. Or it, it was it works for most type of games unless you really want to go super competitive and something like that. So in that sense, I think it's just unavoidable. Uh, a big question for me is really if the business model will still make sense because in order for this to be good, you want to have, you know, the data center close to to the players, but then it means that you can't really reuse those data servers while other people are sleeping and so forth. So there is a little bit of a conflict between centralizing and sharing resources and bringing those bringing those resources to the edge for better quality. But I, I think the big ones, you know, companies like Microsoft, they have the catalog, they have the technology, they have the, the cloud infrastructure. Uh, I'm sure they will figure out a way to make it work, AWS. Potentially, even uh, even Google might get it right next time. <laughs> Brilliant, and um, we'll leave it there. So this has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. I want to take this opportunity to thank my guests, Mauricio, Kirill, Sasha, and Asga, for providing you insights into the topic. And thanks, everybody, for listening. If you would like to get involved in one of the upcoming podcasts, reach out to me on LinkedIn or by my email at jordan.lound at evolution-nordics.com. And we will see you all next time.